This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Uh, today I'm going to talk to you about living victoriously in perilous times. I have been trying to run away from this message for weeks now. And uh, I can't get away from it. Every time I open my Bible, every time I pick up a newspaper, every time I hear the news, every time I talk to one of you, I'm hearing the same message. We're living in perilous times. The Bible says in 2 Timothy that in the last days there will be perilous times. Now, when we think of the word perilous, we may think dangerous, maybe great suffering or maybe something terrible going to happen. And all those are correct ideas. But there's more to it. So the verse I'm referring to is here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 13. And it says, so go ahead and open your Bibles. And for those of you that are uh, with us on live streaming, we're so glad that you're with us. And uh, this is a very important season in the church right now. Not only in Celebration Church, but the church across the country of Zimbabwe and around the world. This is not the time for us to be trifling with things. This is a time to be very serious about what God is doing and what he wants to do in our lives. And so we want to welcome you and I want to welcome all of you today. So let's read in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verses 1 through 13. It says, this know also, this know also that in the last days, now folks, I can tell you we're living in the last days, perilous times shall come. I know we're living in the last days, if nothing else, because there are a lot of perilous times around right now. But we also know that the Bible is pointing to this as being the very end of time. He says, for, and here's, here's how you know what perilous times are. He says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those who are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead, silly, lead, lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away by diverse lusts, ever learning Never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, these were the two sorcerers, the two diviners, the two prophets on either side of the Pharaoh. These were false prophets. They withstood Moses. Every time Moses would do a sign and a wonder, they would repeat it until the third sign of wonder. After that, they couldn't do it anymore because... They found out it wasn't Moses, it was God. It wasn't divination, it was real. It wasn't false lying prophecies and false prophets. It was real prophecy. It was God's power. It was something that can't be fabricated, divine. It wasn't a divination. Anyway, he says, these two resisted the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. That's a powerful word, reprobate. There are many people that are coming into a reprobation these days concerning the faith. That simply means that they have a mind that understands things, but their hearts are far from the truth. They're reprobate. They can continue to do all these terrible things and at the same time say, yes, I believe in God. But they're reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as also was theirs. But you have fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, my persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Everybody say that, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Say that too, say that. Just tap your neighbor, say, 
all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Tell your other neighbor, you're going to suffer persecution. So you don't want to hear that. But if you're going to live godly lives, you're going to suffer persecution. But then he closes with this. He says, but evil men and seducers, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Man, I read that passage of scripture and I, and I, I say, man, this, this reminds me of today. This reminds me of how we're living today. Because it is. In the last days, know this, perilous times shall come. Perilous times. That word perilous, it's translated in the Greek and it comes from Strong's Concordance. If you want to look it up, G5467. The word is chalepos. Chalepos. C-H-A-L-E-P-O-S. It means Hard to do, perilous, hard to do, hard to take, hard to approach, hard to bear, troublesome, dangerous, harsh, fierce, savage. I don't know, what do those words mean to you? Think about it. What do those words mean to you? hard to you? Is it hard to you? Is it hard to take? How's it going to be hard to take? Physically? Is it hard to take mentally? Hard to approach. What does that mean to you? It's hard to approach. Hard to bear. Dangerous. It's dangerous. Harsh. Fierce. Savage. What do they speak to your heart? You know, we live in an age where there's an anti-Christ spirit. There's a whole shift in the way people think and feel because of our proclivity towards self-sustaining and self-preservation. We have exalted science. We've exalted technology. We've exalted medicine above God. And we have our trust in all these things. And we even call it the post-modern or the post-Christian era. We don't need God anymore. We have science. We have our intellect. Knowledge is increasing so rapidly that God no longer really is important because we can figure this out ourselves. I have Google for God. My Google God can answer all my questions. This is an anti-Christ spirit. An anti-God spirit. And here's the thing that shocks me because the Antichrist spirit was prophesied thousands and thousands of years ago by Daniel. Daniel said that the Antichrist spirit would come to wear out the saints. In fact, in Daniel 7, verse 25, he said this, speaking about the Antichrist, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. Well, I tell you, that's a scary verse of scripture. He says, but the Antichrist spirit has come to change laws. I'm shocked at how many laws we're changing in Zimbabwe. We can't even enforce the ones we've got, but we're changing them. We, we, we can't even, we haven't even reviewed our constitution, but we're changing it already. We haven't even populated the constitution. We haven't even taken the time to fix the old laws. We have all kinds of laws that are 
so antiquated, we can't keep up with them. We can't even fix simple things, you know, like the fire code. Did you know that our fire code still is in the 1800s? Do you know why we have to have a fire curtain in this building? So that the kerosene lamps, if they fell over, won't endanger you. Now, you can argue and you can fight and say, hey, guys, we don't use kerosene lamps. Although I'm not so sure that we're not going back to that time in Zimbabwe. <laughs> I'm just tongue-in-cheek there. But the point, the point is, we can argue and we can fight and say, that doesn't make sense. Surely somebody is smart enough in this country to sit down and change the bylaws. But no, no, no. Rigid. We don't change laws that need to be changed, but we're changing goalposts. We're changing ancient laws. We're changing things that shouldn't be changed. Values are changing. And in the process, the enemy is entering in and wearing out the saints. The only law our government knows how to do is add taxes to its people. No, it's true. They have not created a job. They don't create jobs. They just create ways to tax you. That's not right. That's not a solution to our problems. Everyone I talk to is, let's add another 2%. Add some more onto the fuel tax. Add, we have the highest fuel taxes in the world. We have the highest fuel laws. Let's add some more onto the cell phone. Yeah, that's, let's just put a little bit more price on that. We'll take a little bit more there. We'll take and take and take and take and take. How about if we created an economy? But no, we're making laws that wear out the saints. Then we've militarized Zimra. So they come into your businesses and they come into your life and they make your life miserable while you're trying to do, just keep, a, keep your business alive. No, 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 now you gotta spend all your time trying to let them run your business because they know better than how to run your business than you do because they sit in an office and they check everything because they don't have enough money. They don't trust and there's no trust. So guess what? We're breaking down and it's wearing everybody out. The whole nation is being worn out. Saints are being worn out. So what do we do? Everybody goes informal. Why would you be formal when you could be informal? Why would you be taxed when you can barter? Why would you tell people what you're doing when they're only going to make it criminal? And I don't blame people. I would be... A, 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 a. Yeah, well, it's, it's the truth. But that's not a solution to our problems. And, and, and we could go through, and I'm not just mad, I'm not angry, I'm just saying these are not solutions. But the point I'm trying to make is that in every sector... We're wearing the saints out. People are being worn out. You go to pay your bills, and the person wants you to pay a bribe to pay your bill because he's not getting the salary he deserves. You go to the hospital. There's nothing in the hospital to take care of you. You have to go out and find all your own drugs, all your own uh, 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 disposables. And even then, we may not have running water. But we pretend that, hey, everything's fine, and we just pass another law. We just make another decree. We start acting as though we're a first world country. And we're wearing ourselves out. It's to wear away, wear out, and harass constantly. Harass constantly. The Bible says this is the beginning of our struggles in this time that was prophesied, this prophesied time period. This would definitely fit hard to do. It fits hard to take, hard to approach, hard to bear. But could this word chalepos mean more? Well, to look at this a little bit more in depth, I think we need to look at a, the only other place in the Bible where it's mentioned. It's only mentioned twice in the Bible, once here and then 
it's, this particular word is translated in uh, another place in the Bible. And it will give us another insight into what it means to have perilous times. I'm sure many of you know the story of Jesus when he passed over to the Gadareans. He took a ship, a little boat across the Sea of Galilee. And he went to the land of Gadara, the Gadareans. And you remember the story there where he cast out a demon out of a man. The, the demon was many, in fact. His name was Legion, for we are many. And he cast it into a herd of pigs, and the pigs ran down the hill and jumped off into the Sea of Galilee. If you go with us to Israel, we'll take you to the exact place that that happened. There's only one place on the Sea of Galilee where there's even a, a cliff steep enough where they could jump off. Only one place. And that has to be the place. He says there were tombs nearby. Well, there's lots of caves where they have as tombs. So it's a very, very interesting thing. But this is where the word chalepos was used, where Jesus cast this, hurt, this, 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 uh, these demons into this herd of swine. And in Matthew 8, verse 28, it says, when he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gerasenes, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. Here we see the word chalepos translated as exceedingly fierce. Exceedingly fierce. So, we know that this stems from these men being demon-possessed and living amongst the dead. They were living in the tombs. And they were so fierce that nobody could pass by them Passed by this man, one in two of the versions, in two of the stories, it says a man that was possessed. The other one says two men that were possessed. So man or men, because they were ferocious and they were insane. They were out of their minds. I think Luke's description is very interesting. In Luke eight, he says this, and when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time, and he wore. No clothes. Nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. Luke 8.30 says, and Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered into him. Now, I think Mark's description gives us even more insight. So turn to Mark chapter 5. We'll kind of study this just for a second. It says, when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine, and there were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. I don't know. To me, it's quite intriguing. It's quite amazing. That the same word that was used to describe the end times as being perilous, the last days are perilous, is the same word that's described and describing this demon-possessed man or these demon-possessed men. 2,000 demons. Isn't that a, I don't know about you, but that fascinates me. What I'm interested about in this man described in all three of these depictions is that he seems to worship Jesus. Yet says, what do I have to do with you? 
Now, maybe he's implying something. Maybe what's being implied here is that he had a multiple personality disorder. I'm wondering if we don't see some of that today. I can tell you right now, he was a cutter. Do you know what a cutter is? That's what we call them today. They cut themselves. You have people that cut themselves. He was taking sharp stones and he was cutting himself. We have people like that. We even have people in the church that they're so tormented that they cut themselves. He was violent. The Bible said he had amazing strength in his psychosis. He was naked and appeared not to be either non-caring or he was unaware of the fact that he was naked. People were terrified of this man because he had no sense of mental stability. He was violently crazy, just plain and simple. In fact, if we were to put this in 21st century psychological terms and how maybe someone in a mental health institution would call it today, they would say that he was a threat to himself and to others. Can I tell you something? There's no doubt in my mind today that we're seeing more and more antichrists in rise, rise up. Antichrist spirits, antichrist sentiment. In fact, there's an antichrist spirit that is rising up throughout the whole earth. Those who would deny Jesus and deny his power. In fact, I'll be honest with you, what you saw in Paris, France, when they burned that church, is only the tip of the iceberg. Every two weeks, there's a church being burned in France. If you go online and Google how many Christians and Christian churches are being destroyed around the world, it's thousands, thousands. There is a Christian genocide going on in Nigeria, in Somalia, in parts of the Middle East right now. In China, the underground church is being clamped down on. In Russia, only the state church has any power. Even worldwide, there's a whole new movement that says, listen, we should have a one world church, a one world religion. Many denominations are coming and being swept back underneath the Catholic church. The Pope is changing laws, changing rules. Even having ecumenical things that says, listen, all roads lead to heaven. It's not Jesus Christ only. You can, hey, listen, Google it. Do your own research. But what I'm saying is this is an anti-Christ spirit denying the power of God. In fact, Psalm 2 says it this way. Psalm 2 verses 1 and 3. Why do the nations conspire or rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers bond together or band together against the Lord and against his anointed one, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. You know, the commandments, the precepts, the laws of God, to the person who is reprobate, to the person who is anti-Christ. They don't want to hear these things. They don't want laws. They don't want rules. They want lawlessness. They want to do whatever they want to do. They want to create God in their own image, in their own mind. This is the God I serve. This is the Jesus I serve. But Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. No, we don't want commandments anymore. Let's cast off their chains. These Christians, they're too rigid. They're expecting too much. Tap your neighbor, say, I, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you see, I'm going to tell you something. Today, more and more, we're beginning to see people commit heinous acts of violence on other people. 
for no apparent cause. Newspapers and news programs are full of this. They're full of these heinous acts, crazy causes. Sometimes it's hard to fathom why people do things. I mean, you hear things, you read things, you think, how could anybody think of that? How could they even do that? Fathers killing their children, people being held in basements, held as slaves, sex trafficking, slave trafficking, human trafficking. Zimbabwe is one of the key human trafficking nations of Africa. And we just close our blinds. We have such porous borders. Anything can happen here. We see increased violence, shootings. Muslim terrorism is going on worldwide. We have government officials and movie stars and Rock stars sharing photos of their private parts on the web. Nobody even thinks that they should care about it. Or even, I guess they don't think people notice. You got young girls that are on Facebook and they go to church on Sunday, but on, all week long they're showing their bodies to, for what? We have young men. No, it's not just the girls. Don't get mad at the girls. We got young men stalking women. Showing their private parts. There's rioting in the streets. Chaos in the nations of the world. In politics. Politics is just so ugly these days. We don't care about people. We only care about the next five years. It's simple. Everything's simple. It's, you know, it's, it's simple to speak about it. It's hard to get your hands dirty. I would love to hear one politician in Zimbabwe that could get past his own greed and think about what are we going to look like 50 years from now? What are we building for generations to come? All I hear is, what can we do today? What can I eat today? How much is it for me? How much more can I own? How many more, how many more companies do you need? How much more percent of the national Wealth do you need before we start taking care of people? But I tell you what, the problem is, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. We see a spirit of lawlessness. It filters down. What's in the head comes all the way down to the commuter omnibus driver who can never stay in his lane, who feels like he can do whatever he wants to. And some of you drive the same way. Just tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you this morning. I know the list can go on and on and on and on, displaying the insanity that is filling so many to do such crazy, heinous, and ugly things in the world today. You know, I've never heard so many people, as you meet them in the streets and you talk to people today, saying things, you know, the world seems to be going crazy these past few years. That seems to be a pretty common conversation these days. Yeah, everything's just crazy. People call me and people meet me all over the world. They say, how are things in Zimbabwe now? It looks crazier than it's ever been. All I can do is shake my head. Say, yeah, it's pretty bad. There's always a bright spark somewhere. There's a hope somewhere. We're, we're hope. We always hope for the best. But it seems like we always be, have a, a unique way of snatching Victory out of the mouth of defeat. Or defeat out of the mouth of victory, I should say. The people of Jesus' day witnessed Jesus casting demons out of people. Today, we don't call it demon possession. We call it mental illness. If we're headed for perilous times, or if we're in perilous times, could it mean that we're going to see more and more heinous crimes, school shootings, flagrant lawlessness, changing the laws to suit our sins, 
like the millions of dollars that we're pouring into our nation right now to push pro-abortion, pro-sex worker, pro-LGBTQ agendas. Millions from governments that don't love us, they just have an agenda. These aren't issues that were issues for our nation. They've become issues because somebody writes fake news. They write articles and they pump up numbers and they tell a few stories and they have an agenda and they work in the back corners and they tell your stories. They tell our stories. And then we all give up. It's like, oh, well, and we wear ourselves out. We do nothing about it. We have these misguided funding proposals about massive vaccination campaigns or other special interest health issues. And we can't even provide running hospital in our main hospital. There's no running water in our main hospital. Did you know that? That's to talk to your doctors. But, but, but we're going to run a huge vaccination program all over the nation. How about if we fix the water? How about if we just get aspirin in the hospitals? Why don't we stand up and say, hey, it's time to stop all this nonsense. Let's put that money where it belongs. Let's get basic health care back before we start some flagrant other thing. See, I'm sorry, folks, but we have to speak up now. Or wear yourself out. But this is demon-possessed people. They are not taking responsibility. This, there's something wrong. These are common courtesies. These are basics. Or what are we going to have? More people like Charles Manson rising up, O.J. Simpson, Oscar Pretorius, Muslims beheading Christians, burning their wives, faces with acid, raping, murdering, all other kinds of things in the name of their God, Allah. Why is it that they can be so strong and so powerful and they can be immovable, but a Christian stands up and says, hey, I think that's wrong. Why? Because I know this, because you know I'm not going to come and kill you for disagreeing. Oh, no, 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 Pastor, we're supposed to be the love. I am love. This is love. But it's time that we have a little bit of tough love. We live in perilous times. What exactly are we looking at here? Well, the insane things people the insane things that people do today, those murderous, murderous, hateful, vengeful, psychotic acts of rage, things that are completely unreasonable, seemingly un, seemingly crazy. I mean, just everything's on the rise. Why is all this on the rise? Every day we hear of some new insanity that took place somewhere in the world. Could we really be looking at some type of demon possession in these stories? Are we facing perilous times that have everything to do with insanity or demon possession? Either way, something or someone is seeking desperately to strike fear and terror into the hearts of Christians the hearts of each, each other. For us Christians, we know that that something or someone is Satan. There's a devil. And he twists things. He twists the minds of men that they do these evil acts. And they know they're evil. You can't tell me that you don't know what you're doing is evil. It is evil. I think it's something for us to ponder. These perilous times are coming for the whole world. If you are not protected by the blood of Jesus, how will these times affect you? If you're not aware of God's provision of angelic protection in your life, what is there to protect you against this tidal wave of insanity that's sweeping the earth? If you do not know that there is an armor of God to protect you, it's available for you, how are these times going to affect you? If you don't know how to use the name of Jesus, how to use the word of God, 
as a sword. How will these perilous times play out in your life? And the lives of your children, your family members, fellow believers, and in society in general. The Bible warns of a prevailing spirit of lawlessness that would permeate the world with deceptions so great that even the very elect of God would find it hard to escape. Are we living in such a time? Are there such deceptions that are beginning to come into the hearts and minds of men that they can praise on a Sunday and murder on a Monday? They can praise on a Sunday and steal and rob and commit fornication and adultery on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and come back and worship on a Sunday. We can get up and we can make promises on billboards with no intention of ever fulfilling them. You know, as we prepare our, for our action conference in two weeks, I, I, I want to encourage all of you to take a really, really good look at where you're at. Where am I? Ask yourself the hard questions. Are we so caught up in the spirit of this, of this age that we're losing touch spiritually? Have we become so jaded? Have we become so insensitive? Have we become so worn out that we don't care, we don't love, we don't, it's all about taking care of me. It's about, it's about just getting by one more day. I don't have time for people. I don't have time to invest myself. Are we caught up in a spirit of, in, in the spirit of lawlessness that's so prevalent? Have we begun to see the fruit of demonic, act, demonic activity begin to pierce our own hearts, our own consciences? Have we allowed ourselves to be involved in activities that are at best compromising of our consciences or at worst somehow activated by demonic activity in our lives? Where does this path lead us? Where will it end? You know, the Bible speaks of a great falling away before the return of Jesus. He says there will be a great falling away. The church will have a great falling away. So much so that even the very elect of God will be tempted to the breaking point. I want to encourage us to take a deep and hard look at where we are in our walk with God. We're at the very end of a jubilee cycle. We're coming into a new year, 5780 in the Hebrew calendar, 2020 in the Gregorian calendar. It promises to be a watershed year, a watershed season. I think it's more significant than the year 2000 was. Remember Y2K? Everybody was all afraid of Y2K. I'm going to tell you something. I think that Y2K was a wet squib. But I think 2020 is a watershed moment. I believe it'll usher in a new season. What are we doing to prepare for this season? The Bible says in the world there will be persecutions. There'll be perilous times. What are we doing to preserve our hearts? What are we doing to preserve our relationship with God, with our fellow believers, our fellowship with each other? I want to encourage you to take some time to press into God. Set time aside to press into God. You know, there's a price tag for intimacy. Now, you can't have intimacy with your wife if you're never with her. You know, if you want to be close to your wife, guess what? You just got to be with your wife. You got to spend time with her. You got to press in. Sometimes that means you got to stop working so hard and spend and invest the time with her. You want a close family? Let me tell you something. Families don't get close by working harder and by providing for them. They get close by talking. They get close by 
working through the issues, studying together, working together, becoming the, you want to get close to God? He says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. How much God do you want? Well, I'll tell you what, you can have as much as you want because it's unlimited access. But you have to take the time to press in. Sacrifices must be made. Time set aside to develop and nurture the things that are really important to us. I think now more than ever we need to press into what our Father in Heaven has for us. But I don't think you can do this casually. It requires great intentionality. I know in my own life I'm spending a lot more time praying than I have. I'm spending a lot more time reading my Bible than I have. And I'm finding it having great dividends in my heart. I feel like even as pastors, we can become hardened in our hearts towards God. I want to be close to him. I want to love him. Our theme this year is speak out, step out. We're celebrating legacy and unlocking destiny. I think all of us need to think about our commitment of time. How much time should I set aside to go and bask in the presence of the word of God? I think we're going to get great word this year. But more importantly, how about discussing it with your friends, your neighbors, your family? How about taking it to heart? You know, we don't need any more messages. We need more carriers of the gospel. People that live this out. I think we need to talk about our commitment financially. You know, sometimes the church is an afterthought. But in God's mind, this is the apple of his eye. What he builds, the local church is the apple of his eye. He says, hey, if you take care of my house, I'll take care of your house. He says, if you come together in my house and don't forsake the fellowship and the gathering of yourselves together as is the manner of some. He says, I get involved in that. I know for a fact if you take a few days off of your business and you give it to God, he'll make it up for you if you do it with faith. Man, I'll tell you, it'll be amazing. One of the fathers of the church in the late 20th century made a statement that convicts me deeply. He lamented, and this is in 1962 he said this, and he lamented at the shallowness of the church and their need to be entertained. He said this, he says, he felt that it was scarcely possible in most places to get anyone to attend a meeting where the only attraction was God. He lamented the fact that the message of the cross and the burial and resurrection of Jesus was a source of entertainment only to those who mocked him as he hung on the cross. A.W. Tozer asked this question. He says, what are we winning people to when they come to Christ? What are we winning them to? What were you one to when you came to Christ? To be entertained? To be blessed? Surely we can have some entertainment. Surely we can be blessed. That's, I'm not against that. But that's not why we got saved. He asked this. Was it to true discipleship? Was it to cross caring? To self-denial? To holy living? To nobility of character? to a despising of this world's treasures, to a hard self-discipline, to a love for God, and to a total committal to Christ. And as I read that, I was convicted. What did I get saved for? What, to live well on this earth only? Or is there something much larger, much more powerful? Is there something of a resoluteness that we need to build the character not only of ourselves and our families but of our nation? I'm appealing to all of us, myself included, to press into the Word of God. Make time. Make time for God. Make time to seek His face. Come together. Make time for each other. Fellowship with each other. Build relationships with each other, with other brothers, with other sisters in Christ. Take the time. Your life is as only as meaningful as the relationships you have. 
Make time to serve one another. Come to action. Prepare yourself. Why? I believe as you come, God's going to begin to put words in your mouth. So you'll be able to speak. God's going to put a fire in your belly so you'll be able to step out. And that you'll be able to have a legacy one day. And you'll be able to walk forth in your destiny. I want you to make a real difference with your life. I want you to unlock your destiny. I don't want you to end up being deceived or distracted or so worn out that you give in to the wiles of the devil. Some of you have already given in, even to the point of demonic activity in your life. That's okay. Demons can be cast out. But they must be. That's my teaching today. If you haven't given your life to Christ yet, right now is a great time. Now is the time to give your life to Christ. Today, if you hear his voice. Today, if you hear his voice. Seek him out. Seek his comfort. Seek his protection today. We live in a perilous world. Isaiah 41 says this, fear thou not. I don't want you to leave thinking, oh my God, the world's falling apart. Listen to what God says. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then finally, John 3. <laughs> He who believes in him is not condemned. Oh, you all know John 3, 16, I know. But did you read beyond that? Look at verse 18 through 21. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Here's the condemnation. That the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God oh folks I'll tell you today as I preach this it's only because of my deep 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 concern at the struggles that our nation faces. And I see many Christians, many of you facing. There's an enemy. There's an enemy. And he wants to wear you out. Those of you that are listening online, don't let this enemy destroy you. It's okay to listen online, but I'll tell you what, you need the fellowship the saints. Get into a strong local Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Spirit-filled church. You're going to need the baptism of the Holy Spirit these days. Let me tell you something. You're going to need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Because when a supernatural, demonic wave hits, God says, I'll raise up a standard. But guess what? It's got to be powerful. Some of us need to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Some of us need to gather together and our strength comes when two of us agree, when we're together. We need each other. I need you. I don't, we don't, you know, church, in and of itself, church is okay. But it's not just church, it's the relationships that we build. It's the fellowship that we share. And if you're not sharing in fellowship, that's why we drive you, push you so much to say, hey, please, just get in a cell group. Or get into the men's movement. Come, come to the Be That Man. Meet some other men. Get to make some friends. Come to the Roots meetings. Come and talk to girls and women about women issues. How to be a better wife. How to be a better woman. How to be spiritual. How to be self-controlled. How to be built up. And I'll tell you what, if we get all of our men and women doing that, this will be a good place to find wives and husbands. 
This will be a safe place to have a marriage. Be a safe place to have a marriage. But if we're going to live like the world, then this could be a very dangerous place. Every little small house could start right here. In the name of Jesus. That's what happens. We begin to make light of sin. We begin to make light of things. Let's not do that. Let's all stand. Wherever you're at, stand. Father, I just pray for this great congregation. Father, we don't want to be caught up in this world. Oh, you, you warned us. You said the deceitfulness of riches. Oh, God, we, we, we see that. And Lord, we need money. We need it. We, we want money. We, we, want, we want enough to take care of our families and pay for their school fees and help each other. We, you said you'd bless us. But Father, we don't want to seek after money as our goal. Because everything on this earth is going to pass away. But we thank you for the blessing anyway. May our hearts be pure with it. You said the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things. Lust for other things. Father, there's so much lust in the world today. Every time you turn on a television, every time you turn on, open your phone, there's some lustful thing. Something we lust after. Whether it be a woman or a man or a I don't know Father we don't want that we want you finally Lord we just simply ask you to help us to be intentional about seeking you give us a heart for you create in us a clean heart renew a right spirit in us in Jesus name Father, we don't want to be characterless disciples. We choose to pick up our cross and follow you. We choose the hard path, moral excellence, walking worthy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was the daily reading, by the way, Philippians. Walk in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ. Father, we want to walk in a word. He paid it all on the cross. He was our example. God, help us to be that person. In Jesus' name. We want to obey your commandments, your laws, your statutes. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, just say amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.